from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Riley Smith will be next for Vegas. He's got a score. Works to the middle, and he lifted it high, and the Ducks win it. Anaheim three, Vegas two. Parkless lost the dribble, gets it back, throws up a wild three. It's an air ball. San Jose State has it. Rebels foul, and they're going to lose the game. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Cofield and Company, Silver Sevens on a Thursday. Come on down. We got Thursday night football. We got the bowl games going on. 77 cent beers during the NFL game. Ari back in our Finley Toyota studios. Willie's here. What's up, Willie? What's happening? What's going on with you? You're back in town. Yes, I'm back off the road. It was a quick, uh, quick turnaround. All the Mountain West. Basketball trips are pretty quick. So, San Jose, very exciting. You're above everybody, I mean, in terms of flight delays, everything. You, you have no problem getting in and out of airports. Uh, not on this trip, yeah. There were no delays. UNLV is lucky enough to uh, charter flights Mm-mm. for basketball and football. Not well, you every, get your own plate. No. Tell not, every, uh, not every basketball program is that lucky. I know Boise facing Nevada last night, and they wound up losing at the end of the game. Uh, Boise had planned to fly to Reno on Southwest, and they had their flight canceled. So then they had a charter, which I wonder last minute what that cost. A lot of money. Probably not cheap. Yeah. Probably not cheap at all. So uh, it's December 29th. Yep. I am working on day 26th of Shaking the Funk, and you are mm. a few days into it. Like. Two days, maybe. Not even a day and a half. Felt it middle of the day yesterday, so we'll see. I better get over you know, more quickly or quicker than you did. Or you have. You're still fighting it. The good news is is my guy James sitting across from me, he's got the hand signals down for when I need the, the cough button. So in case you need it, he yeah. knows them. We could, you know, just since, since important people are here, we could invest in little headset cough buttons. That would be cool. That'd be a good capital investment. I know uh, Learfield has it for UNLV, so that would help. So James doesn't have to work so hard. Or we could just not get sick. Or James could just do his but, job. But, you know, in this era, it's, uh, not, it's not as easy to, to stay, hey, stay away from the funk. Right now, people are getting hit with it all over the place. Right? We all wore masks and the first two I weeks think reduced our immunity, so now we're all getting it. The first two weeks, I was wearing a mask to events because just out of respect. I mean, it's kind of like now it's it's in the front of your head. 2019 and backward when the allergy season would hit and I would get this nasty dry patch in the back of my throat cough for about three weeks. I wasn't wearing a mask. I was just coughing in my hand. Didn't even really think about it. Now, I mean, when I came down with what I keep, excuse me. There we go. Down with, Here we I, go. I, I would just. Uh, Don't get excited. I would just. Uh, I would just now. I'll just wear a mask. That all said, lots of people have to work when they're sick, so tough luck for us. Um, so don't want to sound like a bunch of babies, especially when I saw one of the biggest badasses in the world on social media. I think they started making the rounds a couple days ago. Yet another Waffle House fight. A server slash cook is behind the counter. You see the uh, the house. Yeah. A brawl breaks out. Someone throws a chair. At this woman, and she, like, sheds the chair like it's nothing. No. Was that a light chair? Was it, 
It doesn't matter. Like a plastic chair? Like she did not flinch. She just like right to the ground. Could have been plastic. God, that was impressive. The 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 greatest thing about that was it started. It triggered a a uh, Twitter thread. Former ESPN television personality Jamel Hill, she said, "Now the question is, who are the toughest restaurant employees?" She goes, "I'm just going to say it. Number one seed is Waffle House. Number two is Popeyes." And then it just create a thread. Yeah. Everyone coming up. I said churches, churches, fried chicken employees would be the 12 seed making a run into the Cinderella, knocking off the five, making its way through. It's tough to be Waffle House just because of the drunkenness in the yes. environment. It's yeah. you know, there's not that many late night restaurants 24 seven around the rest of the country. No. We have them all over the place here. Yeah, but you're dealing with drunks and potential fights, and now people are more tuned up than ever. It's more depressed people and people on edge, so they're ready to fight. Have you ever had a th- uh, chair thrown at you? No, I don't think so. Have you had anything thrown at you in a fight? Like in a bar fight? Yeah, you had a mouth on you. You still do. But you had a mouth on you when you were younger. Mm. I'm, I just sure, had, I'm sure you puffed up every once in a while. Yeah, just backhands and punches, really. Yeah. I had a bottle thrown on my head about mm. six years ago. Oh, just six years ago? Yeah. Something like that. Or, maybe maybe was it, eight. Was it in a press room? No. Oh, because there are media members that are kind of cranky. Yes, there are. Yes. <laughs> we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Um, I'm finding the... National media, borderline amazing that they're amazed over this Derek Carr thing. I'm still. I, I talked about this yesterday, and I I'm, I just see more and more opinions. I'm just I'm so thrown off. So the move yesterday, Derek Carr going to the bench, Stiddy is going to take over. Then I still don't have a clear story on whether Carr prompted this walking away from the team or it was a mutual decision. But I know you guys talked about this being the possibility on Monday, and I you know I say it all the time. Vegas when it didn't have major league sports. I always thought it was like Sports Siberia. I, I made that reference all the time because stuff that went on here, people just didn't know about. And I figured, hey, with the NFL and the NHL here, this would become more mainstream, and people have some idea around the country of what they were talking about. They are still completely lost, and to be blindsided by the story blows me away. I don't think there's a person on this show, based on what we've talked about since August, at least since August, who was blown away that Derek Carr is sitting at the end of a bad season, both by the team and himself. I just, I am mystified that people have so little knowledge of the Raiders and the Derek Carr story. And you guys hit it on Monday that, hey, this was probably going to happen. And then it happens the next day. And the, the entire country is like, what? Yeah. Huh? Just listening to Josh McDaniel's Monday press conference um, and the questions that were being thrown at him. You could tell. I mean, it was the writing was on the wall with what he was saying, how he was saying it. Um, I'm going to leave this out there, and then we can hit on it because I know we're going we're gonna to break. But I'm going to leave this just kind of dangling. Since we become a pro town, what's been the biggest shocking news to? Because I don't think local fans, when we talk about Derek Carr, this situation, I think it's more Raider fans and then national news media. But on a local level, for sh- the shock value, the way that Mark Andre Fleury was dealt away, or Derek Carr's benching. 777 gets you two hot dogs, two bags of chips, and a 22 ounce Bud, Bud Light, or Michelob Ultra draft on NFL and Golden Knights game days at the Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino. 
depending on the team, absolutely. Ask Jess if they could use a Derek Carr. They got top five defense. They got weapons on offense. Their problem has been quarterback play, inconsistent quarterback play. You think if, if the Jets had a Derek Carr that they wouldn't already probably secure the playoff spot right now? Probably. Derek Carr is going to have a market. No question about that. There's too many teams out there that has question marks at the quarterback position. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Damian Woody from ESPN, Derek Carr Market. We'll have a lot of time to address what's going to happen moving forward with Derek Carr. I don't think the market is going to be as rich as other people think, and I also think the Jets are a horrific choice in terms of a landing spot. But yep. all stuff that we can get to. Yep. Willie's here. It's Cofield. Cofield and Company. Silver 7's getting ready for Thursday Night Football with the Cowboys and the Titans. Let's bring in a uh, national NFL voice and get her reaction to the Raiders news and some other NFL talk with Lindsey Rhodes. Lindsey, how you doing? It's Steve and Willie here in Vegas. Hey, guys. How are you? We're good. We love juicy stories, and the Raiders have been a juicy story, good and bad, <laughs> for the last three years since we've been officially connected with them. So this is just another you know, wild chapter in the Raiders story yeah. here in Vegas. Give me your reaction to the Raiders saying, you know, Derek Carr is going to hit the bench. Well, gosh, I think it's it's twofold and sort of layered. Like on the one hand, I I I don't think it's an awful business decision, right? And it's clearly, in my opinion, a business decision. And I I feel like that is what I want to scream from the rooftops. And I feel like it's become more clear today. But the original framing of it, like the Schefter tweet that went out at first, it made it look a little bit. Uh, probably unintentionally, like it was just a traditional benching. Like, he's thrown 14 interceptions, and that leads the league, and so they're going to go with Jarrett Stidham. And I think that the layer of this story that is really important to it is the $40 million that he's due for injury if he can't pass a physical. And to me, it's really obvious that what they're doing here is that they're signaling that they're going to move on from Derek Carr this offseason, and um, they're making a financial decision, much like the Colts made with Matt Ryan who don't want to pay him $17 million, and that's why he's inactive and not the backup, and so on and so on. And so I think that that's a fair business call on their part, and it's not like he hasn't been there long enough to have, you know, lots of opportunities. Do I think that this season the reason that the offense has looked bad has been because Derek Carr is the problem? No. Um, but I also think that his his reaction to it and not being around the team he's all of a sudden catch, catching a lot of flack. And that's the part where I then want to step in and be like, okay, dude, let's just chill out here. Like Derek Carr has stood in front of the media time and time again and wore whatever this team's negative story was and didn't point fingers and was a good soldier. And now that they're effectively saying like, hey, this thing that you've told us you want to do more than anything in the world, which is finish your career as a Raider, we've decided that's not going to be the case. And we're going to make a business decision, not a football decision, to sit you on the bench and go in a different direction. Not because the guy's a better quarterback than you or we think that he gives us a better chance to win, but because we don't want to pay you money. So um, there you have it. And then he's just supposed to stand there and be a good teammate. I just don't think that this makes him... A bad teammate, I guess. This is the part of the story that I get the most fired up about, is that specific criticism. Once again, we're talking to Lindsey Rhodes, NFL Roadshow podcast, DirecTV, Sirius um, XMF Fantasy. So, Lindsey, we spoke a few weeks back on, on our Saturday show. We talked a little bit about uh, the Raiders in general in this system that Josh McDaniels brought in. And if you look at the, the complexion of Derek Carr's career, 
it's never really been the onus hasn't been on him. There have been extenuating circumstances. Last year with what he overcame with this team, the off season the off field distractions leading the team to the playoffs. This year, all of a sudden, he's having career lows. It's a new coach, yeah. the offensive guru, the new system, even though his best bud's here. How much do you attribute it to the system and there's just always being a disconnect? Or are we seeing Derek Carr's age? I don't know if it's age. I don't know if it's – look, some of the things that we've seen, and I just watched J.T. O'Sullivan's, um, the, the QB school where he goes – through and breaks down tape, and he did Derek Carr today, and he put on play after play after play, and he was pretty critical of Derek. And I think that the criticism, the areas in which he's critical of him, are fair, and and they're consistent. There are things that have popped up throughout his career. I think the things that people get frustrated about Derek Carr's play are consistent. They're when he takes a check down instead of pushing the ball downfield, right? And so it's, uh, you know, a third and long, and you pick up six. Like, that kind of thing is pretty consistent. And we've had conversations in the past about how Gruden really, really stressed for him that completion percentage, that he wanted to get that up, that he didn't necessarily want him taking a bunch of chances. And so he did what he was told in that regard, and maybe that explains some of that away. But we did see some of that on Sunday against the Steelers, or was it Saturday? Um, And you see him kind of taking the easy completion instead of maybe taking the hit in a pocket that is collapsing quickly and pushing the ball downfield and letting, letting the play develop. There are certain things, there are timing issues, there's some things that I think you could point the finger to Derek Carr and say maybe these aren't necessarily his strengths and I could see how that would be frustrating for a coach potentially. But I also think that there are some, um, and this is to steal a phrase that I really liked that JT just said in his video, offensive architecture, um, which sounds like fancy way of saying play design, I think that there are some some issues with the Raiders in that regard, and there have been all season long. And I think that, like, early in the season, I talked to Shashan Reed on my podcast, the NFL Rojo, and he was saying that they took some of Derek Carr's control at the line away. Like, this is a guy who one of his strengths is that he's a really smart quarterback and that he's going to check him into the right play. And so Josh McDaniels comes in and says, yeah, you're not going to do that. And so when I hear stuff like that, I don't know how much blame or credit to give the quarterback. You know what I mean? Are you just going to the line and doing exactly the play that the coach has called for you um, and not pushing back on that? I, I just don't know. There's too much, I think, that we don't know. We do know that he took 4,800 yards last year and didn't look like this. Um, and so I think that we've seen some of his weaknesses as a quarterback exacerbated in the system, and I think you have to point the finger at least partially, at Josh McDaniels for that, but it looks like Mark Davis has made his choice and that he'll be back next year and that Derek won't. Lindsey Rhodes, NFL Roadshow Podcast, DirecTV, Series XM Fantasy. Lindsey, we will get back to Derek in a moment. Let's stick with Josh mm-hmm. McDaniels. We saw what he did in Denver. He came in and immediately disrupted things and shuffling the roster around, shipping Jay Cutler out. I mean, that what he did and, and, and what we've heard – Nothing's really on record, but what, you know, when he first got got there, and this is my show, changed the decor of the, the locker room, and pretty much had a control freak nature. Didn't do that here, but at the end of the, his first season, we're starting to see he's he's disrupting things. His system um, is now that you look at the season. I mean, it's basically over for the Raiders. Was this a good fit? 
I think it's hard to say unless, I mean, I guess you, it, it's hard to say unless you get a, you get a chance to see him operate with the offense that he wants. Right. And I don't know that this, this is that. And I think it seems clear that he's made a choice that Derek Carr is not the quarterback that he wants to go with. Um, I think until we we see what he puts together when it's all his own pieces, then it's it's hard to it's hard to know whether it was a good fit or not. The fact that he comes in and that they're going to need to revamp a lot of things maybe would indicate that they're. There could have been a different hire that was maybe a little bit better suited for the pieces that were in place so you don't have to blow it all up and move on. I mean, the offense had some degree of success last year. So the fact that, uh, I mean, the offense is not the weakness of the club this year for sure, but it certainly hasn't reached the ceiling that we anticipated for it this season. Um, I think you could certainly make a strong argument for the fact that there could have been a, a better coach that was just better suited to coach the pieces that were already in place. It didn't require us to go like full, you know, blow it all up and start again. Uh, and the Josh Mc, the Josh Jacobs stuff is interesting this year too because, you know, obviously they didn't they didn't sign him to a, a contract and chose to um, forego that fifth year option, and now he's been he's been the highlight of the offense. And I think it's been obvious that he's been willing to run him into the ground. Like they're not they're not using him in a way that indicates to me that this is a piece that that they have any interest in protecting for the future. To me to me, especially considering um, running back contracts and a, a lot of teams unwillingness to sign guys to a second year. To me this season has had this is a walk year for him written all over it, the way that they've used him. Like, you know, get as much as you can out of him, and who cares how much tread is, you know, taken off the tire, and he'll go play for somebody else, or potentially maybe franchise tag him, but, I mean, they're not going to give him a long-term deal. That doesn't make any sense to me. Or at least, I, I don't, that's not my read of the situation. Maybe I'm wrong. It's Lindsay Rhodes, longtime voice around the NFL, NFL Network in the past, and now the uh, Rhodes Show podcast. I actually think it's the perfect hire if what you wanted from Mark Davis is to take emotion out of decisions. And Gruden, yeah. I think, was very emotional. They went and got a Belichick guy. There's no emotion in Belichick and McDaniel's decisions and Ziegler decisions. Um, you're not going to okay. tug at the heartstrings with Derek Carr when he's done and you think he's done. Then he moves on. There's no emotion involved in that decision. And I love the way you came in because unlike so many media people around the country who are getting all emotional about this and what the, is owed to Derek Carr, these guys just make decisions on, like Belichick does. Hey, is it time to go? Then you go. Yeah, yeah. I, and I and I don't think it's. I, I don't think that Derek Carr is a quarterback that is in that tier of quarterbacks that is uh, protect them at all costs. This is obviously the guy. I mean, I think anybody who can take a step back can can see that there are some weaknesses to his game. Can you win with those weaknesses? Of course. Can you put him in positions where he can succeed and the weaknesses are not highlighted and his strengths are highlighted instead? Absolutely. Um, I, I would argue for a number of different quarterbacks around the league that, you know, if you are not one of those, like, you know, five guys at the top who just have a skill set that's so insane and the tools are nuts, 
that you that most quarterbacks can't overcome certain things and need some help in terms of their coach putting them in the right positions. And I think that Derek Carr a hundred percent fits into that category. Um, I think that you can win with Derek Carr. I think if they choose not to win with Derek Carr and to go in a different a different direction, then that's a completely fair thing to do. They don't have to be tied to Derek Carr for the rest of the time. And maybe it's in Derek Carr's best interest to go somewhere else and work with some different pieces and get a fresh start, too. And I'll be interested to hear from him once the emotions kind of settle about his willingness to do that. I would imagine that he's not going to stick to his word and retire as a Raider um, under these particular circumstances. But, yeah, I think... I think this is a situation where nobody's necessarily wrong, you know? It's just, I think where, where we go wrong is the hyper-emotional criticism of yep. various people in this situation. I think it's fair for Derek Carr to take his ball and go home if people want to put it that way. I think it's fair. I don't think he needs to stand there and hold anybody's metaphorical clipboard. I think he can go and he can be hurt or... Just be like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take this one for you guys, you know, because I've stood here and I've kept quiet about whatever schematic problems there are in the offense or how it makes me look bad. I sit there, I smile, I hold my tongue. In this particular case, if you're telling me I'm not your guy, then I don't need to do that anymore, and so I'm not going to. And I would, I would bet, uh, I would bet everything I had that he is texting those teammates and that he's completely supporting them to win the game. I don't think that he wants the Raiders. To fall on their face. I think he 100% is still being that teammate people think that he has always been and that they want him to be. He's just not going to do it there in the locker room. And I think that that's fair. Check out Lindsay's podcast, Series 6M Podcast, the NFL Roadshow, recent pods on uh, the bowl season, uh, also Week 16 reactions. Uh, Joe Thomas was on recently. Field Yates was on recently. Let's, let's close on this one. When I came in, I was talking about the market for Derek Carr, I don't think it's going to be as rich as others. You know, people are pointing to like eight, nine teams might have interest. What do you think? I'm not yet at the point where I've really like started to make lists of the quarterback needy teams. There's a lot of bad quarterback play around the league, right? So this could easily be one of those seasons where they just shuffle. And like I said, if you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure because there are a lot of quarterbacks that just need to be put with the right person that goes, I see something here that I can work with, and I I see weaknesses that I can downplay in my system that won't be as problematic as perhaps they would be. I I mean, good grief, look at Justin Fields. You know what I mean? Like, we had a coach who who wouldn't run him for a whole year, and now that's, like, he's, he's running like a crazy person. No one can stop him, even when we know that that's all he's going to do. Like, they still can't stop him. There's so much talent there. And so then that gives him a chance to build up his passing game. Um, so I think that Derek could go someplace. I don't necessarily think that teams are going to be clamoring for him. And I think it, it, it does say something that, like, I heard there was some uh, commentary about the Jets potentially prior to um, me coming on. And I think, you know, it says something about Derek that you're like, let's see, which one's a better fit? Is it Derek Carr or is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, would they prefer to have Jimmy Garoppolo and bring that Niners offense out there with Robert Sala and somebody that he knows? I think that there will be a a lot of movement this offseason, and I think it'll be really interesting because I think it'll be very much like matching puzzle pieces as opposed to, like, ranking talent in a very linear way. Like, this guy's the best guy, and... You know, and then this is the next best guy. I think it's just about matching personalities and scheme fits and what different coaches think they can do with different types of talent. 
Lindsay, that was awesome. Thank you for stepping up and doing it, and have a good New Year's. Thanks, Liz. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Appreciate it. There she is, Lindsay Rhodes. Check it out, the NFL Rhodes Show podcast. Lots of good guests and really hardcore football analysis really knows her stuff in breaking down and recognizing what the story is here. Throughout the show, again, we'll get into the emotion being shown by analysts around the country. This is not an emotional decision the Raiders made. It is a financial decision, and it is time, they believe, to turn the page and move on from Derek Carr. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Oh, no kiss. Once you have a team that is still viably in the playoff hunt, I mean, they haven't been eliminated, right? So you've got two more games. Guaranteed money kicks in if he's still on this roster right after the Super Bowl. Like, it's very hard to take Josh McDaniel seriously when he says this is about seeing Jared Stidham. Nobody was trying to see Jared Stidham. That tells him it's not about winning. And you see no purpose in keeping Derek Carr. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Weird week, man. Weird week. Not that Derek Carr was benched. We all saw this coming. If Carr didn't have a great season, and more importantly, the Raiders didn't have a great season, then Derek Carr was going to be out at some point. Um, that's why, again, around the country, when people looked at a three-year, $121 million extension and talked about the Raiders committing to Derek Carr, and on this show, that was quickly corrected and restated throughout the season, it was a one-year deal. It was a one-year deal that the Raiders could get out of if things didn't go the right way, and they haven't gone the right way. It's a new coaching staff and a new GM, and they're not John Gruden, who loved Derek Carr to a fault. I'll give you more sampling here, Willie, of some of the national reaction on the Raiders moving on from Derek Carr, because that's what's happening. There is no mending that's going to go on here, especially since he decided to walk away from the team, whether it was his choice or the Raiders' choice or mutual. I... I still don't know, and I don't know that we'll, we'll find out at some point. I'm sure we'll find out at some point. Here's Ross Tucker. He's really good. He does a lot of the games for Westwood One. He's got a bunch of different podcasts talking about, um, and, you know, about Derek Carr being benched and sounding surprised. Everyone agrees he was a top 12, maybe top 10 quarterback last year by any metric, any ranking, led them to the playoffs. The Raiders gave him a contract extension. Bring in Devontae Adams, who wants to play with him. And now here he is getting benched? Okay, a couple of things there. The Raiders did not give him a contract extension in the truest form. It was a one-year out. That's right. And not everyone agrees that he was top 12 last year. And by every metric is also inaccurate. Pro Football Focus had him 14th. And I know it's splitting hairs, but if you're going to say every metric had him top 12, he was a highly debated guy last year. And something else people won't mention, there, there is a penchant with Derek Carr for him to fall short in some of the biggest moments. Yep. It just happens. And, and you know, something we haven't talked about a whole lot, Rich Passaccia didn't make it with the rest of the guys to this year. Why? Because they didn't win that playoff game. I don't know if that would have saved him, but it would have given him a hell of a chance. What happened in that game down the stretch that Passaccia will probably never talk about, but that staff was friggin' livid when the Raiders were on the doorstep and Derek Carr pissed away it down yep. by spiking it. And it's little things like that. Again, I'm not here to smash Derek Carr. I think this show has been pretty consistent. There's some of us who like him a lot, others who thought, hey, it's time to move on before this year. But when we hear national voices and they're like, everyone agrees he's top 10 or 12. No, everyone does not agree 
that he's top tournaments with 10 or 12. And to be clear. Last year. Not everybody on this show that said it's time to move on, it's, it's time to rebuild. Majority, I think even in the local media, not just on this show, that have said it's time to move on. It's also been the belief that it's for the best of both parties, the best interest for both in terms of, well, if Derek Carr lands somewhere else, he might thrive somewhere. Might. Might. Got to land in the right spot, though. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. That's why, that's why you use yes, the word it, might. It probably is but it doesn't mean for, that... It probably is time for him to move on. I think uh, having the pressure of leading the Raiders has worn on him over the years, and I think he's, he's crumbled a bit under some of that pressure. Give me a little more of Ross Tucker. I'm not saying Derek Carr has played great this year. I'm just saying... I think it's highly unlikely that he just forgot how to play football and forgot how to throw a football over the offseason. This is not a good look for Josh McDaniels. None of it is, right? It's the look that I completely expected. I, I don't know who who do they think Josh McDaniels is and where he came from. Like I just said to Lindsey Rhodes 10 minutes ago, if Mark Davis wanted guys to come in and run the football operation like a football operation and not make decisions on hunches, you know, like Mike Mayock or John Gruden, who's a you know, very emotional, you know, you-go guy type guy. I think he wanted to get away from that. And also, he didn't want to be involved in decisions. I think he's a big part of this one. Wait a minute. I think Mark Davis is a big part of this one. I think, I think he wanted people in here who were going to make football decisions and not be, you know, super loyal to a fault. Let me just clarify, or, or for my own clarification, you're saying... Mark Davis wanted to move away from the rah-rah? Because he moved away from John Gruden because of the e- email You're scandal. Right, he was forced on that one. Yeah, if there was no, if there was no email scandal, he'd still be with John but I do, Gruden but I do believe, and Gus Bradley, uh, but I do two rah-rah guys. But I do believe it's in Mark Davis's mind that he was ready to move on from Derek Carr to Tom Brady three seasons back. Yes. And Gruden blew it up and stuck with Carr, and it really has gotten him nowhere. I will agree with you this. Mark Davis... For the longest, and I think the move to Vegas, I think the move to Las Vegas, he thought at that point, when you say he's, it's time to, to run this thing like a football organization, he was ready to run this thing like, and I say this, I know Dallas Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl in many years, but a dynasty-type organization, the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Patriots, the 49ers, the if Patriots, you will. The Patriots, the Patriots, the Patriots, the right. Patriots. That's a team. Well, yeah, that's because that's the current dynasty. But what I'm saying right. is the Raiders haven't been that since the 70s. But when you're talking about an entire operation and a business organization with, with football minds, I think when they came to Vegas 2020, this is the third season, he at least thought this would be the second, if not the third season in the playoffs. And at this point making a run to the conference championship because of a structure that would be in place. It's something that they haven't had. And for two of the last three seasons, a lot of it has, I'm not going to blame it on because of, but this organization has been infiltrated by off-field distractions or off-field issues. And now you somewhat have another one in terms of bringing somebody in who you thought was going to resurrect some sort of, you know, success story and hasn't, and now you're uprooting the face of the franchise after nine years. 
Get 77-cent bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra on NFL and Golden Knights game days at the Silver 7s Hotel and Casino. Lawyer, host of Suit Up News, legal and cultural contributor, Xavier Pope, is live on Cofield and Company. All right, time to bring in Xavier Pope. What's up, buddy? Yeah, all right, man. I have happy holidays, man. Happy holidays. Uh, Did it warm up a little bit? I saw you. Uh, you were saying the other day it got a little bit warmer. It was still cold as hell, but as compared to uh, a few days before in Chicago, it was actually kind of balmy. Yeah, I mean it's actually pretty balmy. It's uh, fifty-six degrees here Woo! in Chicago, which is which is wild because it was a thirty-five degree wind chill, negative thirty-five wind chill. So I mean you're looking at almost. You know, ninety degrees, oh eighty-nine God. degrees difference. Yeah. I mean, which is just—it's it's just an incredible uh, turnaround. So, well, the big story here: uh, Derek Carr feels like he's been—I'm uh, sure—left out in the cold. Hardy har har. Um, what's your take on the Raiders appearing to be moving on from their longtime quarterback, Derek Carr? People are very uh, much getting emotional about this around the country. Yeah, think, think about this, Steve. And I, I've been on this show several times ripping on Josh McDaniel. Um, but Derek Carr took, took the Raiders to 10-7 and seven playoffs last year in spite of all the issues with Gruden last year uh, and that team being an absolute mess. Uh, and then we come into this season, um, the team has uh, declined. Uh, yes, uh, Derek Carr's thrown a ton of interceptions. That's correct. He's been wildly inconsistent. But the foot should – that it, it should land right at the door of Josh McDaniels throwing Derek Carr and leaves the Bucks. I think the Raiders are, are benching the wrong guy. They need to be benching the guy that's coaching the team. Yeah, it is kind of interesting that uh, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, the Broncos coach, has been, eh, I'm not going to say universally crushed because a lot of people are getting on Russell Wilson as well, but it seems like McDaniels has escaped some of this, and, you know, giving him a second year is a foregone conclusion. What do you think? Should they? Should they not give him a second year? Yeah, I'm tired of Josh McDaniels getting a pass for having worked with Tom Brady. How, how, how long he's going to ride that, that that train for the rest of his career uh, to get an excuse or an out? Um, any anytime he gets a head coaching job and he, he stinks because he he isn't a winning coach, Steve. Uh, I don't I don't see him. He hasn't been successful in any place that he's gone. There's a couple of stints at at, at Denver and. Um, here in Las Vegas. Uh, I, I've been talking about him all season. He was a bad hire from the jump. Um, the team hasn't performed well underneath him. There's been infighting in the organization. I just This organization is not stable. The team is an absolute mess. I think they need to move on from Josh McDaniels and go find a new guy to lead this team. So let's talk more coaching and where the buck stops and behavior of coaches. I know you saw the exchange the other day with Mike Gundy, the Oklahoma State coach, getting on. It sounded like a younger reporter for asking about the offseason and potential staff changes. Uh, He lit into the dude saying it wasn't the right time or place and that these people have families, which I understand, but he kept going on and on and on and then also threatened the guy's access. Your thoughts on exchanges like this with coaches? It was despicable, and I tweeted about this. Uh, for him to say, I'm going to cut you off, right. um, one, says something terrible about access journalism that we don't want in sports, having your favorite reporter who softballs you questions 
it doesn't light, light your uh, put your foot to the fire and if, if you're not doing well you don't want that type of journalism number one uh, n- number two my, he's been like this for years this is this is how he re- he's re- treated reporters for years this is not new to his behavior um and so um how many times is he going to get the pass it was a basic question after a season when they didn't do so hot and being asked about staff changes this is just basic stuff you ask after a season has concluded about the future of the team uh, and for him to get upset about that just shows the type of character he has as a person and his temperament to lead that ball club why are so many fans willing to give a pass to gundy when we're paying coaches, and, and in a lot of cases, you know, like this one, you're talking about a state institution. The coach could be the highest paid individual on the state docket, and fans don't want to hold people accountable to simply be an adult. Just answer questions. Because he's a man. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's, 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 I'm 55. I'm 55. <laughs> well, act it. Act it. You know, because he's, 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 he's standing up to reporters, he's He's, he's animated. That makes him some one you respect. This, that, that time is over with. Um, being a jerk is not a, a good character trait, um, and it should not be something that we celebrate in our country and not definitely should be uh, tolerated in terms of leaders of young men um, speaking to uh, be athletes as well as uh, be on, in the classroom as well. Uh, he hasn't demonstrated any class whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I thought it was display on uh, on that stand. Well, I would also, I would tell media people, stop being afraid of your job. You can get a job somewhere yep. else. Show a little self-respect. Um, and if a guy gives you an answer like, oh, that's a sensitive question. What about the families? Wait, you just threatened my livelihood saying you're going to block me from access? What about my family? How about my family, exactly. Mike Gundy? Turn it back on them. I don't understand why, why people take this stuff. You can get another job. You can't get your self-respect back. Yeah, and that self-respect is also he's not just speaking to that reporter. He's speaking exactly. to that reporter's bosses, right? Yep. Uh, get someone else in here to do that job. And so uh, I think it was very hypocritical of him to, to do something like that. And you're, you're definitely right. Get a backbone. Push back so that you know this is not a toler- this is not tolerable behavior. Do we need to push back on LeBron for what he said the other day, talking about I don't want – to finish my career playing at this level from a team aspect. I I appreciate the honesty, but I got to tell you, Xavier, I think LeBron's got to take some ownership of what the team is doing right now. I will never believe that he doesn't have input on personnel decisions. Like, this is the group that you approved of, so you being annoyed about the team aspect of it, it was partially your decision. It was LeBron's decision to put that team together. Gee, gee whiz, that team is trash. Uh, and it's been... And I mean, this starts with really Anthony Davis because he, he he's not been able to be consistently in the lineup healthy, right? and that's what you thought you were getting LeBron and and AD, and they were able to win a championship together in the bubble. But AD, and you saw AD putting on an MVP caliber type of season for a certain stretch of games, and he gets hurt hurt again. I mean, you can't put your fortunes on a guy who's he's now known as street clothes. Uh, in a declining Russell Westbrook and a bunch of stiffs. I mean, that, that, that's just not a good, good constructed roster. Uh, they, they're not going to be able to compete night to night. And LeBron James, what is he putting up, 27-8-8? Eight um, insane type of stat to be putting up at 30, 38 years old. But he can't be putting that on himself night after night after night after night, wearing his body down, 
So I appreciate the honesty in his answer, but you have to look toward the Lakers organization. Why haven't they made that team better um, since they won the championship in the bubble, and they've gotten worse as a franchise since then? Xavier Pope is up on Cofield and Company. What's on Suit Up News this week? Uh, we're still preparing for our next year's uh, new launch uh, and our new platform. Are we working together, getting all the kinks out, getting all the, the, tech, uh, the technical aspects of it. So I uh, look forward to the next couple of weeks, uh, and I'll give you all the, the first look at it here on ESPN Las Vegas. Let's talk accountability. Uh, this George Santos character um, thought, I, I think he believed he was going to just say, hey, you know what, everyone lies on their resume. Uh, that's not working. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, well, he admitted that he was lying, yes, yes. and then he tried to turn around and, and, and say something about, about the president. I think once you admit that you've lied, that's when you've lost the room. <laughs> right? You know, you, you, can, you can double down and say, well, I won't take this. This is, this is an outrage. And he can get maybe some of those on the right to support him because about these Republican talking points. But once he admitted to lying, he he pretty much uh, signed the warrant. And then also some of the issues involved with maybe some of his campaign financing. I don't think anyone wants to be attached to that. Um, he's lied about his race. He's lied about his job. He's lied about his religion. I mean, everything you could possibly lie about as a person, he's done it. Well, speaking of accountability, I was glad to see, I think it was the Southwest COO, at least, you know, go on TV, speak publicly. Listen, I don't love the, you know, the excuses and what they're blaming it on. From a legal standpoint, um, and I got, like, very minorly screwed by cancellations. Both of my flights uh, to L.A. got canceled around Christmas. What are we all going to get down the road, if anything, from a legal standpoint with Southwest? Uh. Some, some 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 peanuts, just like you do when you get on the plane. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's what you're looking towards. Uh, we also have a situation where you know and there are a lot of employees that called off, and uh, we have a it, you're going to have with the, the federal government intervene the way they did with the with the rail workers. So I mean, uh, what what does it look like in terms of the, the rights of of employees, um, as in, in as, especially in, in in major carriers when it comes to maybe accessing their rights, and so. There's 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 some good to it in terms of we want to be able to catch our flights, get on time, but it's another side looking at it like, hey, we don't want the government influencing heavily on the rights of workers in America as well. Xavier Pope is with us. All right, a couple of 2023 options for entertainment. I got to run these by you. Uh, one, my girlfriend wants to go see the whale. Apparently, it's an unbelievable acting uh, job by Brendan Fraser. Would you go see that in the movies? You don't go to the movies, do you? I- no, I haven't been to the movies in four years, guys. What? I, I, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, I didn't even go see Black Panther in the movies. I mean, I definitely didn't see Avatar. Um, I, I can't, pay, overpay for snacks, right? Uh, pay to sit in a, a community chair in the dark, breathing the air of strangers, um, when I could just wait for a couple of weeks for it to come on my streaming, um, pop my own popcorn, sit in my, watch it whenever I want for pennies on a dollar. It's just it just doesn't make any sense anymore to go to the movies. All right, how about this one in twenty twenty three? Where can I go see Bill Cosby do some live comedy? Man, probably nowhere. I mean, I, 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 he, he wants to Bill do Cosby. this, right? He wants to go on tour, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He, he's announced this a surprise interview saying he wants to go on tour. But you have to have venues that are willing to take the hit for having shown Bill Cosby and. Uh, it, I don't know if the venues have the stomach for that when they potentially could be boycotted by 
many people who don't like Bill Cosby. I, this is, it's a tremendous risk. And, does it, and who wants to see Bill Cosby tell jokes? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be ageist in this, but I mean, the time has already passed him by in terms of telling jokes. What is he going to talk about? How is he going to relate to what's going on in our society? I just I don't find a, an entertaining night, even with or without the scandal, to, to listen to Bill Cosby tell jokes, let alone having five uh, suits that are currently against him right now. Yeah, pretty gross. Pretty gross. I wouldn't expect many funny things in a in a Cosby show now. Xavier, yeah. appreciate it, buddy. Have a good New Year's, and we'll talk to you next week. Happy New Year to you all and everyone in ESPN Las Vegas land. Peace, y'all. Love y'all. Love you.